Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. We thank the Lord for such a time as this. Amen. Amen. We want to enter right into the Word of God. And as you all may notice, our father, Pastor Gerald Hagen and the family are not here. They are on assignment all the way to Lowell District, Bellarica PIWC. Uh, They're joining them for their family legacy conference, which ours will be starting next week, um, actually this week, starting tomorrow. So Pastor and the family are joining them for their service. Amen. And we know they're here with us in spirit today. Amen. And for the month of September, as a church, it's been geared toward marriage and family life. And that is going to be the focus for us as a church. And when you check the dictionary for the meaning of family, it says that it is the smallest unit for every society. And that actually begins with marriage. So every marriage is the beginning of what God is trying to establish in family. Hallelujah. So when man and woman comes together, the agenda of God is to create a family. So as we are gathered here today, we are all a family. Families coming from West Africa, families coming from the United States, families coming from the Caribbean. But because of God, we have been able to come together as the family of God. Amen. So this morning, my topic is the church as a family of God. The church as a family of God. Or you can title it the church as God's family. Before COVID hit us, most of the time when we come together, As a church, we will sing a song, we are heirs of the Father, we are joint heirs with the Son, we are children of the kingdom, we are family, we are one. And most of the time when we sing this song, it's sang as a meet and greet song, hallelujah. But there are depths in that song that today we want to uncover, hallelujah, because this song explains to us one whose we are. It makes us understand that we are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. So it says we are heirs of the Father. And it also makes us understand who we are. We are joint heirs with the Son of God. Jesus Christ whom we celebrate. Jesus Christ whom we worship. He sees you and I as brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And also it says, we are children of the kingdom of God. Children of the kingdom of the most high God. So unfortunately, as Christians, sometimes we see each other and we see uh, Auntie Coco as Auntie Coco. Uh, Auntie, what, what, what tribe are you from? Ah, I can't even say it. 
You know, we see ourselves as Asantis. We see ourselves as Americans. We see ourselves as Jamaicans. We see ourselves as coming from Sierra Leone. We see ourselves as Americans. We see ourselves, me, I'm from a tribe in Ghana called the Bono. You know, we, we, we're there. Hallelujah. But the biggest tribe in Ghana is the Ashanti people. Hallelujah. And yesterday they actually had a Ashanti Kingdom Conference. And that's why Ghana's most beautiful is here. They invited her. But there is one thing that we must understand. Even though we take pride in these families that we come from, in these homes that we come from, in these villages that we come from, in these countries that we come from, even though we identify ourselves with these countries, there is one thing that we must know. That when we come into the kingdom of God, we are translated from our countries. We are translated from our tribes. We are translated from our family into the kingdom of God. And we have the right to call God our father. If there is any family that I want to belong to, it's not the Obama family. If there's any family that you want to belong to, it is not the royal family. If there's any family that you want to belong to, it's not Bill Gates' family, but it is the kingdom of God. And today we are understanding that the church, P-I-W-C, Church of Pentecost, people of God, saints of God, those that have been purchased by the blood of Jesus, we are the family of God. Hallelujah. So we know whose we are, we know who we are, we know what we are. So as a child of God, anyone that has believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is something that you must understand, that you are a child of God, and we are family, and we are one. There is one family in this church that I admire so much because there are so many of them. There's so many of them. I have a small family. My family actually got larger because when I, came, I got married to my wife, my wife also has a big family in the United States. But I love this family, the Lamptey family. When Elder Lamptey retired and I went uh, for their um, reception at the house, one of Elder Lamptey's uncles is actually an apostle. And he called the whole family together. He's like, come everybody, that is a Lamptey. They circled around. I wish I had pictures here. And I was, I loved it because it just depicted something. He gathered all the children. He's an uncle. He doesn't even know a lot of the children that are part of the family. But he just went around shaking every child's hand and blessing them and blessing them. Even though he didn't know them, like, oh, my goodness, this family is huge. Hallelujah. And even though the Lamptey family is a big family, Regardless of that family and what they represent, when we come into the kingdom of God and the church of God, the Lamptey family is put to the side. The Amiya family is put to the side. The Sibet family is put to the side. And we must see each other as the family of God. So whatever is happening in your life is as if it's happening to me. Whatever celebrations you're having in your life is as if I'm celebrating with you. Whatever accomplishments you got in your life, whatever degrees you receive, the graduations that we came to is as if it's happening to all of us because we see each other as the family of God. So beloved, let's not see each other as one individual. Let's not see each other as nuclear 
families. I'm the Adade family. I'm the Ameya family. I'm the Badu family. But we must see each other as the family of God. And when we begin to see ourselves as such, that's when we're going to experience the power and the glory of God. We are family. We are We are family. We are one. So Jesus likens the marriage, the union between husband and wife as the two coming together and becoming one. The Bible also tells us that Jesus is the husband and the groom of the church. And the church is his bride. So the church is also one with Christ. So if you and I are the bride of Jesus Christ then indeed we are one. Hallelujah. So all from the beginning, we see that God's intention was to create a family. His plan was to create a family. What will make a God that is all-powerful, a God that is all-knowing, a God that is omnipresent, decide that he will use his glory to create mere man and to establish a family with them. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the, all the things that is creeping over the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And that was the genesis of God creating family. He says, fill the earth and subdue it. Hallelujah. So God creates man, and not only creates man to be just a mere mortar, but he gives himself into man. So scripture says that man was formed, and God breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God deposited into man his very spirit and his very breath. So what was in God was also placed in man. Hallelujah. So his creative power... His dominion, his, his power, he also gave unto man. So when we come into the kingdom and when we come to see Jesus, Jesus made sure that whatever the Father is, he presented it on this earth. So he said, I and the Father are one. And the fascinating thing about Jesus is, ever since he started talking, I believe, but as scripture records it, Every reference he made to God, he did not call him God, he called him Father. He called him Father. Can we come to the place of understanding that God not only saved us, not God not only called us out of darkness, but he has placed us and brought us into a place of sonship. Therefore, we have the right to call him Father and we will go deeper into that scripture. I love what Psalm 8 says, David recording it says, When I considered the heavens, the work of your fingers, when I considered the heavens, 
the works of your fingers. The work of his finger. The moon, the stars, which you have ordained. It says, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you have put all things under his feet. God has called us to have dominion over all his works. And he has put all things under our feet. So the question is, are we allowing all things to rule over us? When in in reality, God says, you are to rule over all things. The very things that we're chasing, God says, is under your feet. Why? Because we are seated in high places with Christ Jesus. So from the beginning, God says, I want to begin a family. I want to start a family. Man sinned and there was separation. And our soul, which God breathed into us, that has his creative power, that has his mind, that had his heart, now was separated. And the spirit man was separated from God. But God renewed this covenant with Abraham. And he told him that through your seed, I will bless all the families of the earth. And pass on through generations, pass on through Jesus, pass on through history. Jesus Christ comes to the scene. And he becomes the image of the Father that we can behold. And he is the Son of God made flesh for all men. And through Jesus' sinless life, his shed blood on Calvary, his death on the cross, and his resurrection, we obtained access to the Father again. So now you and I can boldly enter in, knowing that the price and the ransom has been paid by the precious blood of Jesus. And no longer are we separated from the Father. Now we can come nigh to him and behold him. The veil that separated us from his very presence, that veil was torn into when he said, it is finished. And his finished word gives us access to the Father. So when you read scriptures, all through his life, he calls God Father. Father, I thank you that you hear me when I ask of you. Father, I am yours. The words that I speak is of the Father. Call God Father, Father, Father. But when the sins of all mankind was laid upon him, and the wrath of God, and God could no longer look in his face, He turned away from him, and darkness overshadowed the earth. Jesus cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? See, when sin comes in the scene, we no longer have the boldness to approach God as a father. But we cry, God, have mercy upon me. But when we know that he is our father, 
And when we know that He is our God, and we consecrate ourselves and walk in the righteousness that His Son Jesus Christ has given to us, and I thank God for the prophecy that just came today. He says that we are kings and queens of the kingdom of God, and He has clothed us with His righteousness, and He has given us power and dominion. God bless you, other JJ, for responding to the voice of the Lord, because this is affirmation of what God wants us to understand today, that we are kings and queens of his kingdom, and we have the boldness to approach him as father. Why? Because he has clothed us with his righteousness. So do we call him God, 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 or do we see him as father? See, I'm blessed with five children, one that can't talk right now, but the four that can talk, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Auntie Avna. He's talking because out of the mouth of babes and infants, he has ordained praise. God bless you. But the words that he's saying, I can't understand. All I hear is, yeah, yeah, mommy, I need food. Yeah, yeah, mommy, you got to change my diaper, right? But the four that can talk and I can understand what they're saying, every time I walk home from work and I always take joy in it, they run to me, Daddy, 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 Daddy. They don't call me Samuel. They call me Daddy. Hallelujah. They don't call me Sam, Sam, Sam. They call me Daddy. And then they'll play a game. Daddy, come and find me. Daddy, come and find me. So I also hide and seek. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But this is just a depiction of when we truly know who our God is, when we truly know who our Father is, when we truly know who gave birth to us, when we truly know whose we are, we can approach God as Daddy. As Daddy. Even when they make mistakes, they still call you Daddy. Why? Because they know you have a heart to forgive them. They will get the discipline, but they know the discipline is out of love, and they still call you daddy. This morning, church, I want us to get to that place of knowing that we are family. And let's stop looking at each other as separate families. Yes, we come from different backgrounds. Yes, we come from different homes. Yes, we were raised in different homes. Yes, we were raised in different nations. But when we come together in God, he has made us one family, and we can call him Father. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood. Those of us that were far, far off, that had no right to enter because of the price he paid on Calvary. And because of the blood that he shed, you and I have been brought near. And when we come near to him, we can call him Father. So what is the identity of the church of, that is the family of God? Number one, we must know that we are born of God. We are born of God. John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13 said, But as many as received him, 
To him gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe in his name. Which were born not of blood. Which were born not of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. But of God. When you understand that God has given birth to you. Then you understand that you are indeed part of the family of God. And when God gives birth, his DNA is imputed in you. His identity is your very identity. So whatever name God carries, that name is conferred upon you and I. Hallelujah. John 6 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Not until there is a drawing, not until God grabs your heart by the conviction of his spirit through the gospel of Jesus Christ that is being spoken, you can never come to Jesus Christ. So when you came to the Lord, there was a huge, there was a great gravitational pull by the Father. His love, his affection, his mercy, his unconditional grace for you pulled you so you can see Jesus as the Son of God. And you can see Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. So when God pulls you, He pulls you by His power, by His might, so you know that indeed you belong to God. If any rich man were to pull me next to Him, I know I'm going to get something out of them. The richest man, who is it now? Who's the richest man now? Elon Musk. Elon Musk says, Sam, come here. I want you to go with me everywhere I go. I want you to stay with me everywhere I go. I want you to be my son. Now my last name is going to be Sam Musk. All he has to do is make sure all the paperwork is taken care of. Hallelujah. Beloved, not only are we born of God, he has also adopted us. Hallelujah. So in case you don't understand, the birth that took place when you received the Lord as your personal Savior, he's like, put that to the side if it doesn't make sense to you. Well, maybe you understand adoption. Even though you think I didn't give birth to you, I want you to understand that I gave birth to you. But I have also adopted you into my kingdom. And I have done all the legal work. And I have proof that indeed you are my son. Hallelujah. And that was signed by the blood of Jesus on the cross. So no matter where you go, I know that you are my son. It may take you some time for you to realize it, but know that you belong to me. Thank God for the signature of the red blood of Jesus. It did it for me, and it did it for all of us. We are born of God. Number two, we have God as our Father. We have God as our Father. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 to 19 says, For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. 
No longer are we strangers. No longer are we foreigners. But we are fellow citizens. Not of the kingdom of this earth. Not of the kingdom of the United States. Not of the kingdom of Jamaica. Not of the kingdom of England. But the kingdom of heaven. That means I have citizenship in heaven. So whatever happens in heaven affects me. The benefits of heaven are also mine. The healings of heaven are mine. The riches of heaven are mine. Whatever is in the kingdom of heaven, it is also my why because i belong to the household of god newsflash if your bank account tells you that you poe heaven's bank account say you're rich We're chasing gold and money. In heaven, we walk on them. We walk on treasures. We walk on diamonds. We walk on rubies. Beloved, that is the kingdom we belong to. So we can't make this earth our home. Our gaze must be on God. And those that know God, that they are born of God, also knows Him as their Father. Identity of the church, which is God's family. Number three, we have Christ as our brother. We are born of God. We have God as our Father. Number three, we have Jesus as our brother. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I like Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 to 11. Let's read that quickly. It says, For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. It says here, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. It says here, for both he who sanctifies, who is Jesus Christ, and those who are being sanctified are all of one. Hallelujah. It says, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Jesus is not ashamed to call me brother. God is not ashamed to call me brother. He died on the cross for my sins. And I call him my Lord and Savior. But Jesus is like, you're my brother. You're my brother. Please let that sink in. You are Jesus' brother. We are Jesus' brother. If my brother was able to do these things, if my brother was in obedience to the will of the Father, if my brother walked in alignment to the God, God's will, if my brother laid hand on the sick and they were healed, and I had the same Father as him, then that same Spirit that was in Jesus Christ it's 
also in me. So his last name was Christ? I don't think it was. It was the anointed one. That same anointing is on you. That same anointing is on the church. And as a church, if we come to a place of knowing that we represent Jesus Christ, and that's why in Berea, when they, when they saw the, uh, the, the, in Antioch, when they saw the Christians and their mannerism and everything that they were doing, they were saying, indeed, these are those that follow Christ. Because everything they did resembled the Lord Jesus Christ. Question. Do people see that everything you do resembles the Lord. If you never introduce yourself as a Christian to people, would they see indeed that you are a child of God? That you are Jesus' brother? He says, He who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. For which reason he was not ashamed call them brethren. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm your brother. So next time you're praying, you're praying to Jesus, according to Scripture, you can say, bro, dear brother Jesus, your word says that me and you are all of one. Bro, I need you. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, 2 to 5 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So the blessings are in Christ. And you and I belong to Christ. And you and I are of Christ. So every blessing in Jesus is also ours. So we are joint heirs with the Son. Amen. Our identity as a church who is the family of God is that we are also being led by the Spirit. And Romans chapter 8, 14 and 17 says, for as many as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. John says, For as many that received him and even believed on his name, he gave them the right and the power to become. Hallelujah. There was a power that was placed in us to become. Romans tells us here, the becoming is, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Your salvation was the initiation for you to become what God has called you to become. Our salvation was the seed, the implant of the Spirit of God that will be obedient just as Jesus was to the response and the directives of the Holy Spirit to be indeed the Son of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons and daughters of God. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
but you receive the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, you just cry, Daddy. It says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. We shall be glorified. But in this journey of faith, there shall be suffering. There shall be trials. There will be temptations. But just as Jesus endured the suffering for the glory that was ahead of him, that same responsibility is on us as sons of God who are being led by the Spirit to make sure we also get to the end that we may be glorified. You know, most of the time we hear people say, blood is thicker than water. That means family is family. For the ones that comes out of my family, my brother, my biological brother, is important to me. And I will go the extra mile for my brother. I will go the extra mile for my sister. I will go the extra mile for my mother. I will go the extra mile for my father. But here God is telling us there is something that is even thicker than blood. And that is the birth in the spirit. Because the birthing in blood ends right here. But there is a birthing in the spirit that transcends our time here on this earth. Not only are we spending time here because we are birthed together as a church in the spirit, but we are going to be also spending eternity with, with the Father in the spirit. So when it comes to the family of God, there is no other family that can be greater. There is no other family that you can put ahead of God's family. God's family must be the priority. Why? Because on this earth, the Amiel family may pass away. But in the kingdom to come, God's family is established. If you could see your brother and know them, that hey, it's not just here on this earth. So right now, even if you can't see eye to eye with me, if you can't walk with me in this earth, know that I ain't going nowhere. So we might as well get along now. Because you're going to see me for eternity. Hallelujah. And that's why God calls us as a church to demonstrate the love of God and to walk in unity because this love transcends our time here on this earth. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. And when you are led by the Spirit and you walk in obedience to the Spirit, and we do as the Spirit tells us to do. The Bible says we are indeed the sons of God. I have two more minutes. So I just want to touch on these two areas. The hallmarks of the church as a family of God. The hallmarks of the church as a family of God. Number one, we are grounded in love and we demonstrate love. We must be grounded in love and demonstrate love. 
Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 19 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. From whom the whole family in the heavens and the earth is named. The whole family. There is a family that the heavens and the earth is named. And he is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the family you and I belong to. That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, what is the length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. So when we are grounded in love, we also understand the love of Christ. That while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his love to us that he allowed his son Jesus Christ to die for us. And that same demonstration of love must be expressed through us to our brothers and sisters, that even when somebody faults me, when somebody wrongs me, just as Jesus died for me while I was yet a sinner, I can also forgive them for that little mistake and look beyond their faults and know that he is a child of God and he or she is part of the family of God and I'll be expending eternity with him. Hallelujah. Colossians says, But above all these things, put on love. Somebody should tell somebody, wear the garment of love. Wear the garment of love. It says, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God Rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So we let God's love be rooted in us, and we demonstrate it. And lastly, we walk in unity. When there is love ablaze, when there's love being demonstrated, the church of God walks in unity. We walk in unity to the obedience of God. We walk in unity of His righteousness. We walk in unity of holiness. We walk in unity of His power. And when we are together as one, the power of God is demonstrated. So last scripture, John seventeen twenty to 22. Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe me through their word. It says that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. 
Just in this passage alone, God repeats the word one, 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 one. Letting us know that if we allow division into God's family, then people will not believe the message of the gospel. If we allow cliques and groupings into God's family, unto Florence, you're in my group. Other Sibay, nah, bro, you and I don't get along. Says the gospel that we preach, they will not know that Jesus is the one. But when we are united, unto Florence, I love you. Other Sibay, I love you. Even though you made fun of me yesterday, I love you, bro. He didn't, though. Even though, Other Sibay, you yelled at me yesterday, I still love you. Other David, even though you gave me my suit yesterday that I rock and I was looking handsome, I love you. <laughs> so when we walk in the love of God and we go beyond the physical and transcend into the spiritual, we then can represent Christ. And everything God has charged us to be, we shall indeed become. So in the upper room, they were together in one accord, one purpose, one mind, one mission, one vision for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And as they waited, the promise came heavily. And the Lord used them to preach to thousands upon thousands because of the unity and the bond of love they had for one another. And PIWC, if we get to that place, I know that God will elevate this church to a higher level. And this family that we see today will become a bigger family. Why? Because we will walk in love and we will walk in unity. And people will know that indeed we represent the family of God. And whatever God has purposed for us to accomplish as a church, as a family, it shall come to pass. So when you're celebrating because of what God has done for you, I celebrate with you. When you're mourning for the loss of a loved one, I mourn with you. When you're giving glory and thanking God for his healing, I thank God for your life. When you're praying sincerely for God to come through for your need, I pray sincerely with you because you are one. And when you're affected, I am affected. And when we are together, the glory of the Lord is shown and the church will go forward in the power of his love. May the Lord bless his word and may the Lord bless his church. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.